International headquarters of the Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries here in downtown Murfreesboro, Tennessee, in the greater Nashville area, in the heart of Tennessee, with Tennessee and the world at heart. This is Making a Difference, and I'm Dr. Shelton Smith. I'm so glad that you've joined us today. We'll have a few minutes together here with an open Bible, and of course, with Sunday ahead of us now, this being Friday, we're looking straight into the weekend, and I want to encourage you to be in church on Sunday, Sunday morning and Sunday night. Go to a church that's open and up for business both times, and you'll be blessed. It'll help you. It'll be good for your family, and I want to encourage you to do that. It's always right to walk with the Lord. Now, uh, Sunday, Lord willing, I'll be right here in town in Murfreesboro at the Bellwood Baptist Church morning and evening and look forward to seeing many of our friends here. And uh, at the same time, let me just remind you that the Sword of the Lord Men's Conference is coming November 10-11. That's Friday night and a Saturday starting at 6 o'clock on Friday night and finishing up at 1.15 on Saturday afternoon. And that's just one month away. Guys, go to the Sword of the Lord website, check it out, get registered. We are looking forward to having many of you here for this tremendous event for men. Now, getting right to our study today, 2 Timothy chapter number 4 is the basis around which we have built our study this week. That verse number 3 in the chapter says... For the time will come, and what I've said all week long is, I'm convinced what is predicted here has already arrived. It has come to pass in our lifetime. That time that is mentioned here is now. And here's what the verse says. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables." Now, we took time here, three or four days, to walk back through 2 Timothy and just see the breakdown of society as well as the breakdown of much of the church crowd. And those two things are very, very closely tied together. When God's people break down, you can be sure that society is going to break even further. And that is exactly what we've seen all across the USA and literally around the world. Now, I'm at the point here in the study now... And we started yesterday looking at the solution. And I said to you, since that time is now, what do we do now? Well, let me read on just a little bit here. Verse 5 says, But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. So what's he telling us? He's telling us we don't have to go down. We don't have to fall in defeat. We don't have to go the way of the world. We don't have to listen to Satan's lies. We can stand tall and stand true even in this time where everything seems to be breaking apart. Now, yesterday, we started back through 2 Timothy looking for instructions. And I showed you yesterday, chapter 1, verse 6 says, get stirred up. Chapter 1, verse 7 says, we're to claim ownership of the gifts that God's given to us. And in verse 8, he told us to take the heat that goes with identifying with the Lord. Now, let's look today at chapter 1, again, 2 Timothy, verse 13, which says, Hold fast the form of sound words. So what he's telling us here is that we're to be unwavering in what we believe 
and in where we stand. Hold fast to those things that are sound and that are really legitimate and truthful. So he's telling us, don't be swayed by the deceivers. Don't let somebody take you down a trail that you ought not to go. You know, we have all kinds of what I'll describe here with the word Christian in quotation marks. We have Christian cults. Now, I don't think they're Christian at all, but uh, they have some uh, identity in that they try to say that they're Christian, but they've taken some deal. It's like, well, they don't celebrate birthdays or they won't celebrate Christmas or, you know, they've got some other odd uh, eccentric thing that they've dreamed up that uh, really is uh, the way that they want to go. They don't salute the American flag or something like that. And it becomes the high watermark of who they are and what they believe. And uh, there's so many of those, so many, many different things. People sometimes get hung up on a particular aspect of the second coming and go off down the trail and fall into deep water from which they can never survive. And all of that goes on a lot. Now, what's going on with all that stuff? The deception of the devil and somebody turns loose of the truth, grabs hold of that, and they're not holding fast to sound words. And the Bible tells us if you and I do what we ought to do, even in these times where society is breaking down, where the church crowd is breaking down, you and I can hold fast to the things that are sound. Now look at chapter 2 and verse 1. This verse says, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Now what does that tell us? That tells us that we can build, we can grow, we can strengthen, we can muscle up in effect, I mean spiritually, morally, and for eternity, we can muscle up, we can gain strength, and we can have the strength to deal with all of this breakdown. We can have the strength to survive the pressure. We can have the strength that will enable us to be God's true servants, even in the midst of whatever difficulties come to us and whatever heat and pressure is thrown at us. So he just tells us, be strong. Don't weaken. Don't let yourself fall prey and fall into the snare that the devil has set for you. Look at chapter 2 and verse 2, 2 Timothy. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Now what we have in that verse is really four generations. Paul instructing Timothy, telling Timothy to teach faithful men who will also teach others. So you have four generations right there. And what he's telling us there is that we're to transfer our values. Whenever we have learned the truth, we need to pass that on to people coming after us. And if we'll pass that on, then our family will be blessed. Our family will be helped. And not only us, but other people with whom we have influence, with whom we have input, and that's the kind of thing that we need to be doing. You know, a generation is born, and many, many will be born this very day. And they are born without knowledge. They're born not knowing what they need to know. Who's going to teach them? Who's going to instruct them? And if they get into these humanistic schools, if they spend all of their time glued to the Internet and glued to television, they're going to be instructed, really indoctrinated, in a lot of things that are just as much identifiable with the devil and with hell as anything that you ever heard or saw. 
they're going to be taken down the trail the wrong direction. And when you and I, as the sons and daughters of the living God, I mean, we are uh, children of God. We've been instructed. We have the Word of God. I have a copy in front of me right here that I can look at, I can read, I can understand, I can grab hold of, and I can pass along the truths that are in that to other people. And listen, when we do that, we are impacting society. We're impacting our world. We're making a difference for eternity because every time that we lead somebody to Christ, that means that hell has an empty place in it that otherwise would have been filled. And that means that heaven has filled a spot that otherwise would have been empty. And you and I have the privilege to do that just by making the gospel clear to the generation next to us, and they have the responsibility to pass it to the generation next to them. So here we are, one generation after another, doing what we can do to communicate the gospel, to get the truth out, so that there are people, there is a remnant, there are people every single generation who have the truth of God and who will take it and use it like it needs to be used. And that means, dear friends, simply that we transfer our values. We have a Christian worldview. We have a biblical sense of morality. All of those things. And we transfer those values to the folks that are coming after us. The next generation who should communicate it to the next generation and to the next and so forth. Now, look at the next thing. What are we talking about here? Well, the time will come, the Bible says, when things are going to break apart. Well, what do we do when I tell you that time is now? Well, I'm just simply saying... In this time where all of this is taking place, we need to stay strong. We need to transfer our values. We need to do the business of God, stand tall, stay true, just as if everything was normal, which it's not. But you and I can be normal. You and I can be stable. You and I can be what we ought to be in the midst of all of this. Let's look at another one here. Chapter 2 and verse 4 says, No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. That verse is simply telling us to avoid compromising entanglements. Now, we have, over the years, made a strong case that uh, we really do not embrace, we do not embrace, in fact, we expose the ecumenical philosophy that so many people have. A lot of people have the idea. Now, uh, here's the background on it. If you go to the pharmacy, you, you don't want an ecumenical pharmacist. You don't want a pharmacist that just says, look, whatever you believe, whatever you want, whatever you want in the pill bottle. I mean, you don't want a philosopher that like that in the pharmacy. You want a pharmacist who is fundamentally committed to the basic things that are going to represent well whatever the doctor prescribed. You know, uh, later today, I'm going to go up to the Nashville airport and get on an airplane and fly several hundred miles, Lord willing. And you know what I want in a pilot? I don't want an ecumenical pilot who just has the idea, hey, whatever I believe about flying, whatever I want to do about aviation, I don't want that at all. I want a pilot who is fundamentally committed to the basic values of aviation, who has been well-trained, and who knows exactly what's going on there. But you know what happens with so many people? They have the idea that when it comes to faith, when it comes to religious matters, 
that anything will do. And that's the philosophy of the old ecumenical thing. It's like, well, whatever you want to believe, we'll just let you come, we'll let you pray, we'll let you sing, we'll let you preach. But whatever you say, if we don't agree with it, we'll just kind of overlook it. But you go ahead and say what you want to say, and you influence whoever you want to, whether that's Bible or not, whether it's biblically true or not. And uh, that just makes the case that they want to make so that anything and everything will go. Well, let me make the case here. That's not the way it's laid out in the Bible. And sometime down the way here, I need to just walk through the New Testament with you and just show you place after place after place that tells us that we need to stand straight and stand for what's right and not give away our platform to somebody that's off the rails. That simply means that we are not to become entangled with compromising things. So many of our churches start out with little tiny bits of compromise, and the next thing you know, they take a bigger bite and a bigger bite, and uh, all at once they have totally compromised their doctrine, they've compromised their stand, they've compromised themselves entirely, and thus they are weak, and thus they have little influence And by the way, when all that compromising starts, it won't be long till there's uh, really little or no witness and testimony and little or no soul winning going on, little or no people being born into the family of God because compromise always breaks things down. It never builds things up. And so what he tells us here is a man that is going to be a good soldier of Jesus Christ, like chapter 2, verse 3 says, he has to not entangle himself with the world. He has to take orders from the general, and he is not to let somebody else dictate policy to him, but he's to be the kind of soldier that just says, I have learned what it means to be a soldier, and I will do that. I'm not going to take instructions from anybody else. I'm not going to break down here in the midst of the battle. So here's the point that we're making today. And what I'm saying to you is simply this. These are the days that the Bible predicted when it says, for the time will come. Well, I think that time is now. And you have to ask, what in the world do I do? Well, we can stay true. We don't have to go the way of the crowd that's breaking down. Let's stand true, folks, and let's do what we ought to do every single day. All right? God bless you. Thank you for being along today. Listen, I would love to hear from you. And sometime this weekend, sit down and write me a note. Dr. Shelton Smith at P.O. Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133. The email address is radio at swordofthelord.com. Well, until Monday, God bless you. Have a great, great weekend and a good rest of the day. Goodbye for now.